0: All right. We are live. What's up, everybody? The Mindset Show with Forrest and Bo, special guest tonight. I can't wait to introduce our special guest. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this all day, as a matter of fact, all week. Um, I'm your host, Forrest Folan, along with Bo Blowing, hey. and he's all the way out from the
1: East Coast. How you doing, Bo? I'm good, man. I love the East Coast, West Coast connection. It's good. Yeah.
0: You know, coast to coast, man. This is exciting. And we're doing this for for parents, for teens, for families, for for people that want to you know get a better grasp of mindset and today specifically the teenage brain and really understanding and going into depths on that. Our our guest is an award-winning educator, 20-plus year veteran of the classroom, staff development instructor, and university professor. Her numerous recognitions include Teacher of the Year twice and California Golden Bell Award winner twice. She has been privileged to teach science from fifth to 10th grades and has been chosen for many prestigious opportunities such as Space Camp for Educators and Sustainability Ambassador Honeywell, Zero G's Northrop Grumman, nasa ambassador and maven ambassador just to name a few i'll let her go through some of her <laughs> other accolades because she's just got too many so to lucky. list right That's let's right. give a big warm welcome wow. to shelly munich so all right, much, all right.
2: thank you <laughs> what an honor it is to be here with east versus west i'm like the luckiest lady in the united <laughs> states tonight so thank you so much for allowing me to be here
1: yeah Absolutely. you bet. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, it's an honor too, because, you know, I did a little research before you came on and before we get started, I want to let you know that the STEM brace program with love that you guys have, those experiential workshops that you provide, I would love for you to go into that and let people know, because a lot of people that kind of follow us, you know, are in the realm of helping, you know, children and what you're doing there is so amazing. I want to tell you like those workshops that you have, I think there were like 11 on there that you provide. I would love to talk about that sometime during the show. So thank you. Oh,
2: Thank you, do you, do you mm-hmm. want me to start now or did you want to come back to yeah, that? Yeah, Actually,
1: I think that would be a good segue for us just kind of okay. see like with, with what she does with their STEM Braced with Love program.
0: Yeah, well, I would love to hear about it.
2: About 10 years ago, um, you know, education is this topsy-turvy up and down. And so in the science realms of education across the United States, we were looking at trying to create more innovation for students to be more job ready. And what is a better way than STEM? And for people who don't know, because I still have people ask me, STEM is science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and or STEAM, which is what I'm very involved in these days is science, technology, uh, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Oh,
0: I love adding in the arts, that's the great. The arts, yeah, yes, so because
2: the way, especially the way I teach the sciences is so artistic. And so for me, it's just a, it's a win-win to add those two together. But um, as I started working, I was with a great team in Menifee, and we were able, we did this award-winning STEM elective that we started, and all of these things, you guys know the thing in life, when one door opens, they all just start opening, and so STEM Brace was actually not really an intentional kind of a program to start. I had just gotten accepted into the Teacher Astronaut Program through Huntsville, Alabama, it's a space. Uh, It's called Space Camp for Educators. Long story short, I was going on a mission trip to China right after that trip, and the kids called me and they're like, or they were college students, and they're like, can you do some workshops for us? And hence, that's how it was started. My son and I went to China. We were working with an organization that took kids out of the orphanage and we rented this hotel and it gave them a camp-like experience so me being the science geek brought all of these science experiments for them to do and it ended up being just kind of wildly successful so then my son and i my sons uh, both my sons are involved in the in the organization we started each summer and traveling around the world to particularly lower income kids who wouldn't have the opportunity to attend a summer camp or very low income areas here in our area where there's a a high number of impoverished homeless, et cetera, kids who don't get to experience summer camps. And so we've been blessed. We've been all over the place doing this program from Mexico, Guam, Haiti, China, Indonesia, Cambodia. We've been all over the place with it. But even more importantly, we've been to LA and Paris, California and some of those places and um, we've also traveled to some of our um, indigenous populations across the United States where people don't think that poverty there is just unbelievable. So it's been a blessed time. We, we do all kinds of, um, when we say STEM, they're mostly science experiments and, and, and so forth. And we have been able to grant a few scholarships to kids who really wanted to go to college, but didn't have those opportunities because sometimes we just need someone to help us open the door and give a little push. And so we've been able to do that as well.
0: That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. incredible, Shelly. That's incredible that you're getting out and doing the work and really, you know, finding the uh, underserved, um, impoverished communities that really, you know, would benefit off of the growth from that. So I really want to thank you. I do want to give a shout out right now to Eric and Christina Alexander. Thanks for being on. Michael Peraza. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Uh, good to have you. Megan Resavage, Savage. What's up, Megan? How are you? uh laura hanley thank you for being on jared thank you what's up jared uh yes kj what's up how you doing lilia how are you yes jill thank you for for watching and for sharing everyone um so we're going to get into um some practical stuff too um with understanding the teenagers understanding what's going on with their brains, their hormones, you know, sometimes we see all this and we interpret it as, you know, lack of respect or moodiness Mm -hmm. or, you know, them just, you know, giving us shade, you know, as parents. And we're uh, sometimes triggered and quick to kind of trigger back. And a lot of this triggering is conditioned from how we were brought up and, you know, how every, every generation tries to be a little bit better of a parent, right? We We always try a little bit. To get a little bit better and this talk is going to help make us better right it's going to help us awaken to what the teens are really going through inside of their brains inside of the human brain right so so Shelly tell us a little bit give us some foundation on that like help us understand.
2: Okay, I think the primary age group I'm going to be talking about right now is 10 through maybe 18-ish, you know, because that's kind of, in my mind, the teen brain. Of course, there's a lot of development that happens one through three, and and, or birth through three. That's a tremendous growth span. But when Mm -hmm. we look at our 12-year-olds, that our brains are just going crazy. And so as an educator for so many years, I've always been frustrated in how education really doesn't teach to where the kid's brain is at that time. Mm. And I see a lot of frustrations with parents and parent meetings, et cetera. And I realized people just really don't understand the teenage brain. And when COVID came around and the pandemic, I really began to see the frustration with kids um, because I'd like to hit on that too. But um, in the age that we're talking about, growth and development of the brain is pretty much off the chart. So a really unique thing happens in the teenage brain and where when they were younger, oh, they've needed a lot of stimulation. They like to jump from this activity to this activity, from this friend to this friend. And those are all really normal experiences. But when they get into their teen brain, the brain actually starts pruning itself. Meaning like, think of it like this, is kind of like the use it or lose it mentality. Mm -hmm. Those connections up here that they're not really using the brain finds a way to get rid of that and mm. the connections that they do have they now become very strong they actually become what's called myelinated which is white matter which creates really strong synapses mm. and so the interesting thing about this time is it starts from the back to the front mm. and so all of those things that we typically think of angst of teenagehood the reason for that is their frontal lobe, this front part of the brain Has not developed and as a matter of fact this does not develop really fully until someone's about 25 to 28 years of age and so just in case people don't know the frontal cortex this frontal part of the brain has to do with our executive thought processes It's the one that we rationalize things, how we think things through. We make really good decisions as adults, I hope. I know a lot of adults, I'm not sure how much this has uh, matured either, but, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, particularly trauma and a whole lot of different things that we go through. But because this is not developed in a teenager, they live through their amygdala. And the amygdala is our emotions. That's where all those crazy emotions come from. So they would be like, where well, they're really impulsive or really aggressive or, those, or even our instinctual behavior. You know, things that are very instinctual. Oh, this must feel good, so let's try that. And that's why we see a little bit of the attitude sometimes, a little bit of the aggression sometimes, is because this hasn't matured enough to rationalize what's going on in the amygdala. And Just for parents to know, I'm sorry my dogs have decided to be as noisy as possible right now.
1: No, you're fine, um, Oh, you're fine.
2: Um, and so what parents need to understand is that once someone is in the amygdala, particularly a teen, they haven't developed enough coping skills to get out of that and trying to have a conversation at that moment is probably one of the worst things you can do. That's when you start to see those volatile things happen, like slamming of doors or punching fists through a wall because they're not able to cool down because in their defense, though, I know we, I I know that triggers me too. I have teenage boys, so, or one's grown now, but, um, it's just understanding that that's where they're coming from. Hmm.
0: The understanding is a huge part of it because that allows for a space of empathy. It does. You know, to come in and uh, for us not to overreact and just be like, you know,
2: and, you, want, and something, I know you want something
0: to cry about. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> and the first I that, is that a one a lot, <laughs>
2: yeah. and I do understand yeah. as a parent you know, we really have got to go into the pre the, our prefrontal cortex at that time, because it is hard, it is challenging, but we have to take our deep breath and count and realize where it's coming from. We've been given the tools to cope and to, to have that executive function to think through they have not. And so that's why we see some of the erratic behavior, the moodiness, and of course, all of the hormonal changes that their bodies are going through as well. Yeah. It's just like, they're little. I just. I mean, I really feel bad for teens because really, it's such an exciting time because these major connections are being made. These major, um, the the who they're going to become and who they're going, what they're going to be passionate about life and all of their dreams are starting to be. You know, the synapses are bonding or connecting at this time, and so that's why it's a super exciting time. It's where we start to give them independence, and we have to give them independence because then that growth will not occur. And, you know, of course, sometimes they might fall a little short because that's part of that all not being mature enough to make probably the best decisions. Mm -hmm. But as we talk them and walk them and show them, uh, they will start to make stronger connections and make better choices. They do need an awful lot of support. As a teacher for many years, I sat in many meetings where parents will say like, They're 12 years old. They should be doing that on their own. Mm. That is probably the worst mindset because the time I truly believe Mm. they need you the most is in middle school. Because um, when that brain begins to prune and they're back here in the back, when they're, you know, this is where it starts and more of the occipital lobe. But the memory is one of the first things that goes. When all that stuff's going on, they cannot remember things correctly. Mm. They need a parent or they need some sort of, reminders they might need a calendar in the room they might need something on their phone and mm. so that's really normal if you're like oh my goodness they're so forgetful or mm. you know like my son recently put the milk in the cupboard instead <laughs> of the refrigerator because who knows what was all going on up there probably some girl but <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know back what's great to about all of
2: those things
1: yeah what's great about this though and you know really the education that you're providing tonight and from a parent perspective, like it's awareness, you know, for parents, you know what I mean? This is education, right, it equals a certain amount of awareness now that we have with our children. So I think that's amazing. And, you know, now that we kind of are like, hey, now that we've like brought some awareness to some of the um, parents that might be watching, what are some practical steps when you see that? Right. And what are some things like that they can do with them or that they're, they can help their children do when they kind of get into these behaviors? Hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, my son, will, I, I wish he was here because he would start laughing right now. But we definitely talk through these. I think okay. it's really important to talk with our kids to let and, and This is what's amazing is that I work with currently right now 12 13 year olds, and I'm teaching them a lot of this stuff. And they are so amazed. They're like, Oh, really, because school doesn't really take them to time to teach them how they learn, how Mm. the brain works. And so Mm -hmm. those epiphanal moments for your teenager to realize that they are normal this is normal. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you as a parent. These are all milestones we all go through. But I think if we start a lot earlier, let's not wait till they're 16 years old and you're having like the door slamming on a daily right. basis. If we start early in early elementary school and starting to really explain to them the processes of how the brain works and the, how the amygdala causes us to sometimes have over emotional. I mean, we've all been there even as adults. I mean, I was just recently at Walmart, and I saw somebody. I was like, "Whoa, they're definitely in the amygdala right now." <laughs> well,
0: for a, and- for adults, um, Shelly, I've heard the expression. I'm sure you guys have of "flip your lid." That yes. guy, that guy's flipped his lid, right? And where that exactly. comes from is because the the prefrontal cortex is not being utilized at that time, it and shuts you're, literally, down. you're literally flipping the lid of your brain, and you're reacting just pure emotional. So adults are going to go through this too. And so I think it's important when we approach our teens not to come from a high and mighty perspective, like I'm high and you know what I mean? It is. Um, It's one
2: of the worst things you can do because that triggers even more anger mm -hmm. um, because they feel like they're being judged and Mm -hmm. they don't quite understand what's all going on. So when you come at it in that aspect, another thing back to um, Bo's question to support kids is that um, one of the things I've been working on and thinking a lot of, um, particularly through school and as parents, I think timeout is a great thing. I think it's it's a wonderful idea to have a quiet space to kind of reflect. But I want to take it one step further. And so I call it the amygdala reset station. I need for kids mm. to understand, not just to think about what they did wrong, because a lot of times that can create a negative mindset within children, Right. but to understand what is going on and why it's going on and how do we cool off, teaching them meditative states that they can either breathe, count or meditate through this really tough time. And as we all know, you know, kids just, they have a lot of trauma in the world today. There's just no way, shape about it. One of my biggest concerns have been, you know, I think we look at 2020 and just the year as it was, and regardless to we all have kids from, you know, A to Z in the socioeconomic gamut, from good parents, bad parents, median, the whole everything. But when you look at the trauma that our nation has undergone in the summer of 2020, we're all traumatized from it. And our kids are experiencing that. And I think that having spaces to have those conversations, because especially in the teen brain, that's where those connections start to happen, where they're able to decide who they're going to be. How are they going to look at the world? This is where those decisions are being made. And all of, and, and I know both of you know this because your mindset coaches But if you look back to your childhood or your teen and when us as adults, some of the greatest pains we experience can all be linked to those times when we experience something that really hurts us if we really go in a meditative state where it's hurting in our body, we go back to it probably something that happened, we were eight years old, and it's re triggering. Mm. And if we can teach our kids this early, instead of waiting till you're like in your 50s, like, it's like, what a beautiful gift to give our kids. So I know that was a long winded answer. But parents, talk to your kids, love on your kids, let them know it's okay. And let them know all those hormonal changes. Because the world as as much as we don't, don't want to admit it, we have no idea what it's like for them. It has changed Mm -hmm. so much, so Mm -hmm. rapidly. Um, No one can keep up with the ever-changing world of how it's changing right now. When we look at technology in the last 20 years, if you would have told me in 2000, I mean, 2000, I guess it's 2021 now. So twenty. Anyway, you guys know what I mean? Like 20 years ago, we'd be where we're at and all of the, I was like, whoa, it's craziness to me that
0: every single Uh,
2: person would have this. Right,
0: (laughs) right. I mean, we'll have to get into the phones and the teenage brain in a second. Yeah, let's let's dive into that in a a little bit. But I did want to say, you know, uh, one of the things like as a father of a teenage daughter, you always pray that you can lock your daughter up in a closet for years through high school and then let her out later when she's older. But then you never thought it would be like this, right? You never yeah. thought that, you know, it would really be locked in the closet. Basically, she's in her room and she's oh. secluded and isolates. You know, I've been kind of coaching her. You got to keep the door open. You got, you know, all the little past, passing bys in the hallway
2: yes.
0: uh, at school, you're missing out on. And it's just, it's just human interaction. Yeah, you don't want to see your parents, but we're at least human interaction. Yes. And, and we'll bump into each other and that's okay. You may want to see us you may not but you can't isolate like this because it's not healthy for you Um, what have you seen in terms of isolation and the teenage brain and what that does
2: so for parents out there um, we all need to be concerned about what's going on right now we all need to regardless you know i have a lot of people um, say oh my child's introvert they're loving this it doesn't matter our brains are wired especially in the teenage years to be socially active and to have those connections so major things to watch out for is motivation. Most all of kids, even, I mean, I'm going to be real honest, even myself, I've lost motivation. You know, you would think with this, some people call it a gift of time and it has been in some ways, but man, can you imagine being 13, 16 years old in a room on a box like this all day long, every day for the, it's been since March 13th. It is, I'm, I'm seriously worried because How do they keep their motivation? I can tell you as a teacher and all my teacher friends, we are doing the best we can, but even we are starting to lose motivation because it's difficult. So look for ways to motivate your kids intrinsically through your own home. um, And that's really important. They're all starting to feel emotionally overwhelmed. And so that's where we're gonna see a lot of more of those amygdala types of reactions, anger, storming through you might you know I, I can remember one day particularly at the beginning of the school year i just said hello to my son and he started screaming at me what do i want yeah. <laughs> <Was> it, uh, <laughs> a hug maybe but those are really normal things. yeah and so in our house you know the hugs have to be at least 20 seconds and he even oh, awesome. me the other day because because of the uh endorphins that it releases but mm. um he was in a little bit of trouble the other day and he came and he's like me a hug because he knew he was wrong and i was still you know like that parent thing you're like "Mm." and 20 seconds mom (laughs) (laughs) so the payback was there so the more we talk with our kids the more we show them and model and exam examples for them they're going to come back and do it for us when we don't want them to, but they do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But emotionally overwhelmed, insomnia is gonna be a really big thing that you're gonna start to see with your kids. Yep. And we all know our brains just don't function properly with insomnia, um, especially the teenage brain. Yeah. Most kids before the pandemic were not getting near enough sleep, but now with the blue light and the variety of all of the things going on, um, and so from insomnia, of course, leads to exhaustion. We're starting to see our kids exhausted.
0: Are I, you um, at, in the home taking away the phone at a certain time of night or doing any phone like um, barriers or, or, or restrictions at all?
2: Um, I've, had, I've had a
0: hard time with this one. Um, I'm going to say I have
2: to. My son's 17 and he has a job. And so I need him to have that phone when he comes, you know, like when he's out just in case because he, right. he Works at a fast food place and closes. I mean, he's mm-hmm. usually home by midnight, but it still scares me. But particularly for the middle school kids, I have this conversation all the time with parents because with the, with these, um, because I don't sleep well either because of all of this. I will get notifications of students turning things in to me at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Mm. That means they're up all night. Yeah. And um, you know, as we progress into this, I'm seeing more and more kids. My school doesn't start till 9.15 and they come dragging in. And so back to, I know, of course, we talked about this yesterday, but routine. Establishing routines and rituals and commonality of every single thing. Make your kids get up and brush their teeth and get dressed and not do the roll out of the bed and just get onto the Zoom. Because now that we're all in that unmotivated state, that's where we're at. And so if they at least brush their teeth, brush their hair, i don't know go for a run around the block before school starts mm-hmm. it's going to help with that but when yeah, we talk about all I of agree. what we're talking about and the way the little brains work is there's going to be amplified anxiety we're starting to see more and more anxiety in kids and mm. so with that leads to depression and of course we know i've seen just an article yesterday released in san diego of the suicide um, rates going up, pretty you know, it's alarming. It is. Do we know scary.
0: the percentage? I saw one news reporter reporting 28 percent has gone up in um, 2020. Yeah, let me.
2: I can look it up because it's right but here. But I don't know if that um, was
0: accurate or not.
2: I just I, want to sure.
0: say hi to Rosalie Ortega. Thank you for watching, Don Castillo. Yeah, um, Yeah, we
1: got a few new guests, Linnell, Ron. How you guys doing? Um, and you know, I saw a, I saw a study that was even dated. You know, um, in 2011 they said 30% of high schoolers were engaging in like, you know, really risky behavior, you know, like different behaviors are very risky for them. And I wonder what, the, how that has affected now, because and even when you're talking about on the phones as well, one thing, you know, that we talk about, and we teach entrepreneurs this all the time in my company is like, Hey, if you're working from home from the pandemic and you're there nine, 10 hours a day, put on your uniform, put on something, yes. right. Just like you talk about, like get into the zone to which you can operate. And I think that's yeah. very important. So when we look at teens though, really stuck to the phones like this, um, I think a routine like that is important. You know what I'm saying, Boris? Like we it have is. to get out and, and connect to our connection ports. And that's what Forrest and we teach in our mindset program, like go out and do something either in nature or physically, where you just lose time, yes. mm. where you enjoy it and you oh, connect flow. with yourself. It's right. Yeah. And, you know, the flow state. Was, absolutely. And we just teach them to do that and like, and feel it in the body as well and get that time. And it's so important. And I just don't know how much, you know, kids are being taught that or given that these days. So,
2: yeah, I know, um, I'm currently writing a book trying to, you know, help parents outline strategic ways to go through that. And chapter one is the morning routine. I can't stress how important it is for that morning routine. And and I do know that that's why motivation levels are starting to dip too, because if you just crawl out of bed every single day and come up and you know, you're just like, um, you know, and then of course we have the issue with the cameras and the mics. And so all teachers are different with that. I'm a little bit flexible with the camera because I don't know what the home environment might be. Sometimes I know I grew up in a topsy turvy world as a kid and I would have my camera off because there's no telling what you would have been seeing. Yeah. And so when that is, I don't really know if the kids are there dressed you know, like just in the normal sense. Now you've got some every morning that are like, Good morning, Miss Munoz. And I'm like, God bless you. Well, I'm yeah. so happy you can be this way every day. Um, but yes, back to Bo, what he said and 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 Forrest, I know we had talked about this is those it's, it's that Our brain is wired for rituals. Rituals is what makes us feel safe. It's what makes us feel secure. It's what builds our identity as to who we are. So those first steps of being really cognizant of maintaining a morning routine. And so it's so important. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. that morning routine. Even as adults, we Mid-day. tend to just get Ooh. out our, our phones and we just start with yeah. our phones. And instead of creating our day, you know, we just let yes. that be.
2: And and the reason for that is because the morning routines we've created and our kids have created is our brains are wired that way. And once we create that wiring, it's like going with the current. And you guys have all tried to swim against the current, right? It's impossible. So for like 45 days, it's super, super, super hard to reconnect, those. So. As a parent, we're going to go through the hardship of trying to reroute, reconduct those brain right. synapses. Even with myself, I've been trying, I call it the 5 a.m. club. I'm sure all of you guys have seen that. <laughs> I'm trying to do the 5 a.m. club and have two hours of working on my business before school. And yep. I'm not the best at it sometimes because- Me neither.
1: I try to do it before <laughs> my son gets up. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. You yeah. know, I'm going to be two hours ahead. I'll be like an hour and a half ahead of him. And sometimes yes. it doesn't work. But you know, the midday, midday resets are really important as well. You yes. know, and that's something that especially in this environment, you know, so like I know for a lot of parents, it's very busy in the morning, especially like single moms with multiple Ooh. kids, you know, so if there's some good uh, midday resets that you can do as well with the kids where you can go outside and have fun, you know, and Oh, I a got a story about do. that.
0: I did a midday okay. reset with uh, my six year old today. And yes. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we bought a pinata um oh, and we good. filled it with candy last night and today we brought it out and we hung it up on the tree and we just had to bang that pinata and get all the candy it was awesome so you know we're that's like we, sh- we should do this every day during the pandemic right i just want to say right. hi to my mother-in-law so important to say hi to, to mother-in-law right hi mom <laughs> um and uh is it how do you say it Massiel? yep Maciel. masiel is here hi Maciel and bill schaefer Rihanna. oh there's the six year old and the dog okay sorry I just wanted to, to say
1: that
2: no <laughs> nice. I Go just love life everybody? because earlier I had to walk away because my dogs decided to come do the big wrestling match under my feet right now of course
1: <laughs> right <laughs> so I have a good question too we along that vein right so we're giving some practical tips right so things that we can do some morning rituals that's really good for your teens good for your kids midday rituals as well uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up is, and maybe you can talk about this, because there's a lot of evidence that, you know, suggests being grateful oh, and what yeah. it does, what it does to your brain, what it it decreases, you know, stress levels, right? And you were talking about kind of rewiring some of your brain. And right now for a teenager, it's such an important part. You know, what does being grateful do in that rewiring process for mm. teens yeah. that need it?
2: Um- I am, there, there's a great saying, ants, that we have ants running in our head, and those are the automatic negative thoughts. And so we all have them. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, the statistic from um, a meeting that I was in said, 80% of our thoughts are negative. Yep. And so that's a scary place to be. I am hoping really that I can train my brain not to be 80% negative. Now, I do have those that go through the loop. So yes, gratitude, what gratitude does is it definitely helps rewire and it gives you a focal point that at first it's hard to start and it might be something really small. We might just start with, I'm grateful that the sun came up today. Sometimes we have to start really small, but as you start to rewire, it usually takes 45 days for it to really kick in and to see. Mm. And so, yes, um, I know like I have a hard time with my son keeping a journal. That's really, really hard. So I've been asking him like, okay, give me, we go, we do three to five every single morning. What are you grateful for today? And it starts to build. And I know um, I was really lucky. I got to work with Sarah Von Bronick years ago and she wrote this book called Simple Abundance. And she's the one that came up with the gratitude journal. And oh, she went awesome. on Oprah and Oprah is the one that really made it this big deal. But it is true because the more you do it, The more you start to seek out gratitude through your day.
1: And you know what? Um, Something too, like, let's just say we have a team, like, you know, working with a lot of foster kids for a few years with our nonprofit, some of them weren't really grateful for anything and they didn't want to tell you what they were grateful for. And this is why I think the mindset system that Forrest is teaching kids is like, okay, count your wins. What what did you, what was a win today? Even something. Your wins.
2: That's beautiful
1: count your wins. You're so right.
2: You're so right. Because that's one of the things that does make, you know, when we look at trauma and a child's brain, there's obviously not all of us get up to the plate at 18 years old with the same skills. We've, we've all come through it in different ways. And so, um, you know, some kids have really gone through it and not get been given the same. So yes. What are your wins? We all have wins. And I think that that's very important. And thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, no problem, and you know, I'm wondering, and, and again, you are more of an expert here on this, is like, is that kind of like the same thing as like gratitude? I think it is when you're feeling it in the body, you're experiencing it emotionally, you know, and you're counting a small win. So for parents, find something small. If you guys are going through a hard time communicating, if you're going through where it just seems like you can't get out of this rut, start finding some wins, guys. Go yes. out, and even if it's small, like our kids will pick up on that. You, know, you got up on, on
2: time wins. today, thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, like oh my sometimes goodness. we find the faults. The first thing we think of is the fault. The right. room is messy. Right. Hey, and they deserve you do our this, love. You Do this, cho- you know, and yeah, we're, just, we're just, we're just, we're just right. putting out the faults. And what does right. that do? It just creates a huge rift in the relationship. It makes them feel bad about themselves, low self worth, low self esteem. I mean, they just keep layering that on. That's right. a great yes. practical one: is counting the wins and then bringing right. gratitude. Yes.
2: Yeah, you guys are um, so right
0: on that. Ma- Megan Reese Savage puts, uh, my gratitude journal has done wonders for me during distance learning, but I'm noticing my kids are going to my classroom in the kitchen and my teen will pick it up and read it. They get to read things about them and how I'm grateful for them and things That's that cool. they do. That's Aww. really cool. That's cool. That's Aww. a good idea. And, La- Laura, La- loves. La- and Laura And Laura Hanley says, I do something like this with my kiddo. I try to have him change his perspective instead of I hate doing laundry, it's at least I have clean clothes. <laughs> or
1: clothes, yeah. clothes to clean, absolutely. Well, yeah. Sometimes we can all
2: use a perspective switch or a paradigm change. You know, yeah. we're looking at it in the wrong lens. So yeah. yeah, for sure. And and one thing too, um, you know, with all of this, too, is I think that there is a big movement of happiness now, which is great. We love happiness but our brains are not wired to be happy all of the time. And I think Mm. that's a huge misconception. And I think sometimes we give our kids the idea or maybe in school that they should be happy all the time. Mm. And when we look at our mammal brain through years of, uh, being on this planet, we are—we have to have that fear. We have to have all of those other kinds of devices or we would have survived this far. And so all of these are wirings within our brain. And so we get lucky. We get these little bursts of, uh, I call it the daily dose of like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, serotonin and endorphins and but the thing is is they're little spurts and they metabolize really quickly because it's not meant to feel that way all the time Mm. because if we felt that way all the time then we would not know if danger was approaching or Mm. how to grow and move through circumstances situations so we're this like perfectly designed machine that just it's amazing to me when i think about it uh, and though I do love the happiness movement, I think it's great, but I don't want anyone to, um, no one's happy all of the time, nor should we be, nor are, is our brain wired to be, it's a, it's a safety mechanism for us.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, the Stoics used to practice that kind of like hardship all the time, you know, and I'm, I'm I, I love reading, you know, about Stoicism you know, and how they used to kind of approach some of that, you know what I mean? So like, for instance, we're talking about things when things go wrong with our teenagers, but when things are going really right right for us and everything's flowing, sometimes it's good to build up some resilience, you know, and show them like, hey, there are people out here that don't have clothes like you, right? You know, there are, when they're open and receptive to that type of information, we can show them the other side of life as well. So we can do what we call mind the gap. So when yes. our teenagers all the way out there in the right field say, hey, do you remember whenever we went through this together, we went on this trip, we went on this mission, we went and served other, you know, youth that are less fortunate, remember, like, this isn't that bad. Like, yes. so you create circumstances in the future, it's strategically aligning it so you can mine the gap with them and show like, hey, this isn't that bad. We can come yeah. out of this, you know, and move forward. So
2: and, and, you know, kind of back to what you said about the wins, like Matt and I will sit down and we'll talk about all the good that's come from this, because he's a senior, he's graduating class of 2021, I feel like they got the really cruddy end of this, they missed out their junior year and their whole senior year, but I'm like, dude, what are the wins? And we have this beautiful, um, it's a, a poster board that we put on the wall and we wrote it out, and so that we can visually see it, because I kind of need to do it sometimes too, the, the, the right. things that we're really happy about that happen because there has been a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, back to Forrest, we I was talking about the phone, I think it's really important to keep your kids off social media uh, as far as news is concerned, because that daily constant bombardment of negativity, their brains aren't really wired to handle it. And I think that mm-hmm. it's better for you as a parent to have those conversations. I think definitely they need to know what's going on in the world and how is your family handling and what is as a family what are we doing about you know some of the trauma that's happened in the last year i
0: I agree with that too much news media you know i think with our like our kids it's more the tiktok you know the just the mindless numbing of tiktok these 15 second videos of like nothingness that bring you down the rabbit hole like Mm -hmm. it it traps me and and talk about adult dopamine release it's like a false dopamine release it
2: is and And, two hours three hours later you're like man yeah um you know i know we're all guilty of that and um i'm i know i'm working really hard to be more mindful of it as a matter of fact when the pandemic first started i completely went off social media Mm. uh, because i saw that i was being wired (laughs) yeah when you first wake up in the morning if you grab your phone you really need to detox from that because that is You are neurologically wired to go pick it up. And so if you leave it down in the kitchen, give yourself some space. Teach your kids the same thing. I'm a real big advocate of taking that phone at night. Um, I do understand how hard that is, though, because I have a 17-year-old son that that's hard. Um, and, and I do understand that. But if you have a 12 year old, I just really feel strongly that there's a tough cutoff point.
0: And just having that discussion with them, you know, maybe just not just say, Hey, I'm taking away your phone. Oh Yes, like, yes. Let's, yes. let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some of the ways that this could be, you know, defeating your motivation and creativity. And let's watch this documentary together the social dilemma on Netflix and let's get to understand this a little bit more yeah. and and you know what do you think what do you think we yeah, should what do, do you think? And, and kind of put it in their corner or might be some good strategies i'm just you know i'm talking like i've actually done this i haven't done this so
2: <laughs> watching social, social but videos. i'm going to <laughs> but no so social um, things and giving your kids the opportunity to share their thoughts cuz I I will say that's what I do spend a lot of time with my son asking what he thinks because we don't share the same perspective on everything. We -hmm. have different ideologies and I will tell him my perspective of where I'm coming from and he shares his. And it's really amazing to meet in the middle uh, to have commonality of understanding that um, and through social media with the Social Dilemma movie. I think that's a great conversation to have with anybody.
0: Right. I want to say hi to um, Greg. What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? Um, I want to say hi. Oh, great comment right there with uh, Eric and Christina. They said, you know, I also agree. Video games are the same. Yes. Yes. You're no, video so games. true. Um, uh, jo- John Jaegers here. What's up, John? Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you for sharing and watching. appreciate you being yep, a part Laura, of the conversation.
1: We appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Video games too, because in today's world, that's a, it's a tool for uh, socialization and we yeah. have this conversation and it's uh i don't really have a definitive answer for that because i know the social aspect is so important and if that's the only way they can do it you know that's a it's a catch 22 almost in that particular you know one but- yeah not yeah. not for forty eight straight hours. <laughs> no, I <laughs> totally
0: agree, Shelly. Yeah, you're right. You're right because it is a socialization. Now it's like you know, yes. when I was a teenager, we used to get in a circle and play a game called hacky sack. Hacky sack. <laughs> yeah, we used to hit the hacky sack around and stuff, and we used to talk. We were all socially awkward kids, yeah. and uh, I, I I hung out and socialized kind of with the with the stoners and freaks and the skaters. Right, that was kind of my group. Um, but hacky sack was something that we can do to kind of like, just feel like we're one unit and, and have a communication, but you know, now it's the headset with the video games and that's, that's how they're doing it. And so I don't want to take that away. You know, my 21 year old, he's all about that, but I I need him to start being more aware of the time spent and balancing the time with other things. So that's
2: balance. My son and I talked a lot about balance. As a matter of fact, I put a wheel in his room for him to help him visually see, where he needs more balance. Because me too, I need more balance and uh, we're doing it together. So just a really fun thing, what you said for That's us cool. about hacky sack. I wanna share this with everybody cause I'm doing it with my class right now. I have a class that I'm teaching brain science to. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things you can do for your brain and I'm trying it too, and it's not as easy as it sounds but one of the greatest ways to make connections in the brain is juggling. Teach yourself mm-hmm. to juggle. So as a family, if you guys could all make the challenge of trying to learn to juggle, because um, once you learn, it's like riding a bike. You might not pick up balls for 20 years, but you might struggle for a minute. But then, mm-hmm. boom, you start to get it back because of the connections that it makes. It makes really strong. Uh, other suggestions mm-hmm. are to build stronger wiring for your kids. It's just fun to talk about. Is like in the morning, brushing your teeth. I'm right-handed, so I brush my teeth with my right. Do it left at it, and mm. then talk about it. And as you start to get better, and hopefully become ambidextrous who knows? But it's in those skills, and doing them together with your kids, like make it a fool of yourself with juggling, because it's not easy. It's it's it's. I thought it was going to be easier to learn to juggle. So
0: it's very yeah. difficult. Yes, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> not easy. So um, there's also you know here. while we're on that, um, look yeah. up if you're a parent and you have a teen um especially teen boys like this one uh look up cardistry it's not it's not magic but it's it's working with cards with your Mm. hands so that you're like shuffling decks and like just looking like cool on the poker table kind of stuff but they do like really artistic stuff with a deck of cards and that's something you could buy for two dollars at target right Uh, but it's a lot of fun and it kind of gives you that hand eye coordination something different to work on
2: I I don't know about that check out
0: it's a whole it's a whole like underground thing cardistry Cardistry, it's called yeah that's cool
1: so we got a good question here. So we've got Eric, and, uh, Christina said, how can you change the conversation if your child is negative?
0: Mm-hmm. Who wants to take a shot at that one? So, you know, I, I would just start with, you know, once we kind of, you know, say, or feel like our child is, you know, probably not negative all the time, right. They're probably negative maybe in, in, in first reactions, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's do this. And then they shoot it down right away. No, I don't want to do that. Right. Get that a lot with my kids. Um, So sometimes it's just a way of setting things up differently.
2: Reframing the conversation.
0: Yeah. Reframing it. You know, I noticed that if I put something on my kids right then and there, they have, they shoot it down right away. But if I like say, Hey, we're going to do this, I'm thinking about doing this thing with you guys, like in the future, not now, you know, but I just kind of like, You know, would you be open to just the idea of it? Not doing it, but just the idea of maybe doing it? Yeah, okay. You know, and just really kind of, it's how you kind of pitch it. You know, you have to be a total salesman with your kids. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it just, the reframing is huge, right?
2: And I I think negativity is back to those ants, those automatic negative thoughts. And it's a patterning that's conditioned in the brain to automatically pick up. Yeah, Once yeah. we start being negative, and if we don't learn to make some changes like reframing and or reconversating, um, you go right there. And so we all know negative people. Um, and so I would always pick up on those wins. Every time you see your child doing something positive, really bring that up. And it, mm. it's, again, it's small. You know, I tell my son all the time, I'm so proud of you because you were got in your class on time. I'm so mm. proud because I heard you answer your teacher when they called on you. Um, you know, I don't be really honest. I go in his room and I cringe because it's like filthy, dirty. It's mm. makes me go crazy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, open windows. It smells warm only in here, but I don't say <laughs> it because boom, I'll put him right into that state. So, right. um, I'm really proud of you for you working at your job and earning money. And, you know, he's, he pays half his car payment because I'm trying to teach him responsibility. So I try really hard to always see what's good. Hey, I really like your hair today. And, or, um, I noticed, you know, just little things, um, you know, what
0: about the parents that, you know, they grew up with the tough love parents, right. They're used to like the hard approach, like the, I don't, I'm not taking no bullshnish yeah,
2: approach, yeah.
0: you know, um, That's you know, it, really it,
2: hard. It, it, it's a good uh, teaching moment. Is.
0: I think for, for, I mean, your kids are the ultimate teachers, right? Right. It, it, you start Amen. to look at it that way, and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and maybe it's time for us as parents to change a little bit and be a little bit more flexible.
1: with. And how I think that's when you know, like, right, if you know that you're coming in with a heavy emotional state or a negative state into certain circumstances, right, there's different practices that you can do where you can be more emotionally balanced when you go into that, you mm-hmm. know, like learning your language, you know, we teach that all the time, like, what, what's the negative self-talk? And she hit on that. The study's great uh, that she was talking about because, you know, negative words Tend to have more negative emotions with it so teaching parents how to balance their emotional state before they go into a kid that's highly negative is very helpful you know mm-hmm. it's very practical as well
2: and mm-hmm. and you know what i might say too i've said this to my son is that i understand your negativity in the state that we're in right now i get it you have every right to feel this way because i want to validate the feelings that you're feeling because this sucks it sucks yeah. your senior year i can never bring this back for you i don't know um, and I'm one of those parents who built this up for his whole life.
0: Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I did. <laughs>
2: like, we're going to work and get into this college. We're going to do I this. Know.
0: yeah. We worked his
2: tail end off. And guess what? This tennis scholarship he got into the university he dreamed of, they cut the tennis team because of funding cuts. And uh, so
0: that sucks. He's yeah. In yeah. this
2: place of like, I don't know what to do, mom. And I'm like, I know. And I try to support him in that and not put my own ideals on my kid. I think one thing as parents, we have to understand our kids are a completely separate, different person. We can't live vicariously through them. We can't instill our dreams in them because they're their own unique, wonderful being. And they've come with their own set of gifts. And we have to cultivate and inspire that. Even if we don't agree with that. And in
0: this world, we have to be a little bit more flexible on, you know, your kid might not exactly know exactly what to do right now. And we might need, they might need a, a year off or a year or a year to figure things out after high school. I mean, because, I mean, I talk about the conditioned mind, right? Um, I remember my daughter watching that high school musical and just dreaming about high school, how great it's going to be and this yes. and that. And, you know, frankly, we we're all dis- dis- disenfranchised with school through, you know, her, her whole freshman and, and um, sophomore years. And now, you know, she's in her senior year. And now it's like, there's no school. I mean, this has been, we have to create a new reality from this.
2: Yes. Right? yes. And a
0: new vision and a new exciting vision. So we, we are creating some things right now. Yes. gotta Yeah
2: helping them create a new vision because Mm -hmm. um, I too have given my son permission. If you need the gap year, you take the gap year, right? Uh, Right. Everything got topsy turvy and it's okay. You do what it is. Your soul needs. Um, Because as a teacher, I've sat in numerous meetings with parents, insisting their child become a doctor when they don't want to be a doctor they want to be an artist and Mm -hmm. i I mean i i understand where the parents point of view is coming from but sometimes those parents have to kind of take a deep breath and count and this is them it's not you know and support and guide them the very best we can
1: absolutely right go ahead
0: yeah i mean so, so guide me right here, Shelley. I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so, you know, I just know my daughter's so amazing. But I just want her to shoot high. You know, uh, what's that saying is like, you know, the problem isn't that we shoot high and miss. The problem is that we shoot low and hit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, how do we get our kids to realize that they're worthy of stepping into something higher, especially when you know they've got some amazing qualities and Maybe they're not shooting that high, or do we just stand back and just say, Hey, I'm going to wait for this to kind of like grow on its own. And I'm going to stop pressuring or just get out of the way.
2: So Forrest, I, I know you, and I know how empowering of a person you are. And as long as you are constantly building her up and, and, and reminding her of her wins and of her greatness I would step back and give her her space. I know we all want our kids to super achieve. I do too. And I know my son will, um, you know, just to tell a story about myself, I was nothing. I was that kid. I was the kid that no one thought would ever be where I'm at today. Mm. And so, um, sometimes in life we have to find our own way through our own channels. And Mm. so as a parent, I think the thing is in today's world, we want to come down and clear the path and make everything perfect for them because we love them so much, but we really are doing a disservice when we do that. I can, um, if I had come into graduation of high school with a clear mindset that I was worthy and lovable and smart, oh my gosh, I can't imagine where I'd be today. Um, I, I, like many of the kids, probably the ones like like Bo were talking about who came from foster care and that talk you know, turbulence of trauma. That's why I talk a lot about trauma in childhood because I was a product of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me many years to find my path and my way. And so that's why I feel really confident when children have been given a really good foundation, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be great. Um, and I think sometimes in, in love when we push and we push too hard, we are just, uh, sometimes cause rebellion in that and we cause them to stumble when we didn't mean to. So I think it's this beautiful, delicate dance of balance of constantly um, being there for her. And I think every young girl is blessed beyond if they have a dad who acknowledges their wonder, their greatness um, because so many young girls don't go into the world not knowing that and they look for it in the wrong places.
1: Mm. And so
2: if she's set with, with having that good foundation of being who she is, of course, she's going to be fine.
0: Mm, thank you for that i really appreciate that yes yeah, i hope
2: it you know, helps wonderful. i do
1: no that was huge yeah. and that's right to one of the uh comments you know andrea says it's hard to support your child being an artist when you know it'll likely lead to poverty you don't want to set them up for a life of struggle and mm-hmm. what you just said really kind of feeds to that so thank you so much thank you
2: um i i think that um i i understand i just had a conversation this was a really hard conversation i had with the parent. I have a student who, because I work at a STEM academy and the kids are gifted. This kid is brilliant. He's almost like a Servant in mathematics, and so everyone is dictating his life to be this great scholar. And uh, he's already looking at MIT, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be a musician. He's a beautiful. He's an amazing uh, pianist. I mean, like you know, you talk about Mozart and. And, and I understand the conflict of his parents, but I'm like, what would be the harm if you gave him a little bit of room to explore his dream? Like, you can do both. Um, if you looked at my resume, and though I know it took me a long time, I'm certainly not a child any longer, and it took me a long time to get there, but I have a very eclectic resume because I, when I finally got free to be an adult, I got to explore what my heart and passions were, and I realized that they were quite large. Um, the things i dreamed about as a kid i was able to accomplish as an adult and so one of my favorite quotes is by albert einstein he says wisdom is not the product of schooling but the lifelong attempt to acquire it so i think it's just giving our kids the opportunity to acquire because i believe we all have a special gift we've all been given something that makes us uniquely wonderful and we have to cultivate that within them look at them and we're right brain dominant, we're left brain dominant, and, and just really um, embracing and who your child is. Because as an artist, I could think of a ton of things that would be amazingly successful in today's world. And just, I'm going to throw this out in my STEM geekness that I am. The amazing thing about society today is that many of the jobs that your children are going to have have not even been created. We're seeing this amazing merging yeah. Of different kinds of fields, like for example, biology and physics are now mixed together, and we're seeing all of these. Music platforms. and
0: therapy, right? So yes. talking about art, you know, you can you can start to combine these things. I mean, really, like you have to follow your passion, I believe, passion. Um, because you know, like Jim Carrey says, you could fail at something that you don't even love, right? Like like his dad was a accountant, and he ended up failing and everything, and they became homeless for a time. Uh, And he he didn't live his dream as I think a comedian or musician or something like that, you could fail at something that you don't even, you know, want to do so why not just follow your passion my brothers became professional musicians, and you know, know, they were they were struggling artists, especially my Mm -hmm. brother Tommy. Uh, but he has been all, all over the world. He's, he's right. played jazz all over Europe. He's, he's did, he did a blues tour up and down the entire United States on a bus, stopping so cool.
2: in all the different states. I'm not high-fiving. He's been <laughs> all
0: over, you know, San Francisco. Play, he played with Most deaf, the hip-hop artist. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, in this huge, you know, arena and every, or this huge uh, audience in San Francisco. So, I mean, yeah, he's had his struggles, but he's had some amazing life experiences that I wish I could trade for. You know what <laughs> I mean?
2: You know, guys, since we're all getting a little bit older, we're certainly out of our teenage world. Um, when it comes to the end and I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking about my life, it's those experiences that I'm going to remember. I'm not going to remember the day I got my college degree because yeah. it just was like, it's, it's like anything with happiness. It was amazing in that moment. But like five minutes later, I was like, okay, now what? It's right. gone. It's, it's a fleeting moment. But when I think about for me, my passion is being in all those different places with kids from orphanages. That just, there's nothing that makes me happier than sitting in a group of allowing kids, singing and dancing with them. And that is in complete poverty. Right. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. that's the beauty of the life I've got to live. I've got to, to hang out with the, Poorest of the poor and the richest of rich, and I much prefer over here with the poorer kids than the richer kids. So Mm. it's all a matter of perspective. And when it comes to the end of the day, did you live your passions, your dreams, what it is you were brought here to do? And I know that we all have that light. We are all brought here for that specific purpose. And it's just cultivating it right, before us, when you that last day, you know, um. You know, I, I had an impactful moment when my grandmother passed away. Um, I lived with her for quite a lot of my youth, and she was an alcoholic. I mean, not want to say alcoholic, like the raging, crazy alcoholic. And but my thing about my grandmother, she was very beautiful. She was a pinup model back in the day, in the fifties, and very, very, very beautiful, and so much opportunity. And she squandered her entire life away, laying on a couch, being drunk. So when she mm-hmm. died. That was the paradigm shift for me. I said, you know what? I am going to live every day to the fullest. Mm. And when I do have full resumes, because I really took that on. I was in my early 20s. And from that day on, nothing will stop me. If I have a crazy one to go to Cambodia and teach in a school and ride elephants, I'm going to do it. That's amazing. <laughs> so,
0: That's amazing. It, it just, It's a testament. That. Yeah, I love, I love your attitude toward life. I really do. Because you're a student and you're a giver and you're and you know you're all about just the experience of life and the journey of it you it's
1: know and
2: all it is is a journey guys it's yeah, just a journey I
0: so i don't you. know where
2: at- we have to be the richest of the rich and the faith where did that come from that's yeah. not even happiness
0: <laughs> you know uh we're, we're um getting to the point where we're gonna um have to wrap it up, but before we do, is there anything that we should have asked you or is there any kind of final remarks that you wanna leave for the parents or, and or the teens?
2: One of the greatest things for brain development in teenagehood is curiosity. Mm. They're very curious. And to cultivate that curiosity and novelty, teenagers love novelty. They learn through experience, socialization, and um, so introduce them to new foods introduce them to new music, though my son and I have a very big disagreement with music. Um, I do try to introduce my really awesome 80s music to him. And I know it's the best music ever because all of us know that music triggers something in our brains too with wonderful memories and to give them those gifts and maybe share why that song means so much to you because mm. maybe that simple mind song is when you got your first kiss or right. you know share those experiences because they need to hear you went through the same thing they need mm. to know your failures as well um I had a parent who always tried to like that everything they did was perfect and mm. we all know that that's not nobody gets through this journey in perfection and so it's actually in my failures that I have learned the most and enjoyed myself the most so uh, cultivate that curiosity that they have when they come and they're booming that music you hate I know it's hard I know it's hard because I do the same thing it's like oh god turn that down it's horrible um, yeah yeah really and ask them what is it that you like so much about that my son loves Kanye West why what is it He's a free thinker. Like, I don't get quite all of it, but I try to. Yeah, no, try
0: like to. 90% of it, you know, I like, but you know, my parents didn't like 90% of what I listen to either. No. But, uh, so, so, no. I, so so what I do is I find the one thing that I kind of vibe with and I go, oh, I like that one. You yeah. know, let's, let's play that one again. Yeah. You know, and I focus on on that one. Yeah. And if it's, if it's one that's too horrible, I'll be like, yeah, no.
2: <laughs> but just remember all that novelty. It stimulates their brain and is really connecting strong, uh, neuron synapses and creating that great myelin white matter in their brain. So really cultivate that curiosity.
0: Thank you. Cu- cu- uh, cultivate the curiosity. Oh, yeah, that would be a good get... title of
2: the book, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. We have Shelly Muner, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you. Really, really appreciate having you. Thank you, Bo. Um, any last Absolutely. words, Bo? Any last things to say before we wrap it up today? We want to thank, yeah. so want to say thank you to Kenneth yep. Collinsworth. And thanks for being with us today, Eric and Christina. I really appreciate you guys. Yep. And Megan, thank you. Yes, Megan,
1: Absolutely. thank you. And Shelly, I want to tell you, thank you so much for all this wonderful information um everybody check out what she's doing with um what she has at stem please check it out it's wonderful uh and you know a lot of this stuff that i heard today you know if we look at our children and we start looking everything is sacred you know mm. that we're all going on this sacred journey and our challenges are our best curriculum and you just got a lot of really good stuff in here that shelly gave us to really walk us along that path so i want to say thank you so much mm. for being here and, and spending time with us tonight thank you thank you, thank you. and what's the uh, do you have a website or the facebook group
2: uh, I do have a Facebook support group. It's called yeah. Your Teen, The Brain, and COVID.
0: Yeah. And your so, Teen, The Brain, and COVID. Just yeah, type in Your Teen, The Brain, COVID and, COVID, and it should come up on Facebook search, and right?
2: It's just, um, you know, I kind of go through modules. The first one was on, well, anyway, you'll, you'll you, see. You, there's tons out. of it's,
0: information in there. I'm always like, post. You see me in there? Yeah, oh, yeah
2: it's just because i'm kind of obsessed with it so i'm like always posting there's it.
0: so much good stuff you you posted about the flow state you know earlier <laughs> and 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 how how they can get into the stages of flow yeah. and there, at first there's that resistance i mean that's a whole nother topic we could probably spend an hour on oh, we but could. that's could. Really um, but yeah but go go check resistance. out her facebook group y'all it's really really good there's thank tons of tons of great information in there thank you shelly have a wonderful thank night you, thank you everyone thank you. have bye. a good thank night bye bye